0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to More Than Existing. I am so excited to be back today for you and for today's guest. I actually have a guest today. Today, I have my dear friend, business partner, and soul sister, Lisa Richard. She is the owner of Loving Energy Recharge. She is the everything of the other half of me in the work (laughs) and she is the other brain of more than existing academy of higher consciousness and she's here today to speak a little bit about lisa and about the things that lisa do she is pure love i just want to say and i just want to say this because this is kind of hilarious but not it is funny we actually just recorded this because it is a pre-record today I recorded this without the record button on. So we're in take two of this conversation. So we had a whole conversation that maybe you're going to feel a little bit of, you know, many things happening. So there's many things that will be happening. But we did just record this. But we are back today. to, We're going to re-record and give you this whole conversation from our hearts to yours. Lisa is pure love. And I'm sure you'll hear it in her voice when she speaks. And she is a... She's trained in a lot of things, but she has kind of become a bit of a specialist in that kind of, in a whole lot of around human, human behavior, our human design, learning about the Gene Keys, exploring deeper into self. She is a graduate of More Than Existing. She's a lightworker coach. She's a channel. She is the editor of all of the books. And... um, just so much more there's just so much she is she's incredible and I want to share her with you today I want to share what I get of Lisa so today I want Lisa to just speak to us a little bit as if from beginner mind Lisa think about this from beginner mind what would you share about or what would you like to share about human design or and about the gene keys or whatever you want to speak about in speaking to somebody who's probably never ever heard of it Or if they have, they're hearing it from Lisa today in Lisa's words.
1: Mm, Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. And thank you to everybody who is taking the time to listen and be present today. And I love that you asked for it to be shared from a beginner's mind because I feel that no matter what you are diving into, that is the place to start you know, coming into anything without any expectations and just the willingness to learn and discover as much as you can about yourself. But in the world today with so many opportunities for information, it's also really trusting in yourself to know what sounds right, what feels right, what resonates. So, Human design is one of the things that I teach, but it's also a blend of things that I have learned through the More Than Existing program, through my new discovery into the Gene Keys. And I do love that there's so many ways to learn and grow. And if I was to hone in just on human design, I I would describe it as providing a, a blueprint because it's based on your birth information and the time you were born. And it combines things like astrology, the Hindu chakra system, the Judea Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching in small pieces, right? Because those are big, big systems on their own. But you provide your birth information and it pulls aspects of these together and you get this blueprint, which is like a discovery into yourself. It's like looking at your thumbprint, you know, there's only one you. And in that blueprint, you're going to find what they call conditioned behaviors, which means, you know, you've been open to the world. You've been open to the mindsets of what others think that you should be or what society thinks you should be, what culture maybe thinks you should be. But underneath those layers, and I like to describe to my students, I say, you know, imagine you are an architect. And you are at an archaeological dig, and you have found this treasure that happens to be you. But in order to get to it, you have to very carefully and very gently start to sift through the sand and sift through the layers to unveil what is beneath all that debris, and that is the journey through human design and beyond, beyond into the different modalities is, is really looking at the surface view of your blueprint. And then in each of the centers, there, there's nine major centers. And I kind of see that nine as a three, 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 right? So this is a mind, body, spirit connection. And it talks to us of the relationship of how our mind communicates to us how our mind has absorbed things from the world around us, how our mind is here to be an observer to our experiences, but yet we tend to let it make the decisions. So in human design, they talk about the mind being, you know, having something like a backseat driver, and you're you're trying to travel in one direction, but you got this annoying person in the back, which is often our mind chatter <laughs> going, yeah, but come this way and go that way. And you're not doing it right. Move over. Let me take the wheel. <laughs> I just got a visual of
0: the family vacation, being right? on the family
1: vacations, right? And that hand yeah. coming back that kind of gives you that slap in the head. Like,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so we really go through this journey of getting aware of, how much control we have given to our mind. But then we shift over to building a deeper relationship with the body and the awareness of how our our body speaks to us, how we hold our muscles, how we hold our breath, how we feel if our feet are planted to this earthly journey or if we're ready to take off and run or to hide or to freeze. And then in a deeper, deeper level, it shows us our inner spirit. And that inner spirit is is recognized when we learn to make peace with the mind and we learn to make peace with the body. And we bring both into a state of harmony because all of the human design charts that I've ever come across, and it doesn't matter what your type is, your strategy, your authority, all these things that you learn, Everything has a commonality, and it all speaks to the harmony within yourself. And if you can imagine that you are about 80% water, so your water carries a vibration, and your water is a harmony, and your only job is to harmonize yourself in your human experience to be at peace with who you are, and to know you're able to walk your journey. And that comes through a process of learning to discover your natural fears, your natural gifts, learning who you are, and going through what's called a deconditioning process of releasing all those things you thought you were or tried to be but they took you away from your pure authentic self so it's a journey it's a journey that takes time it's a journey that you have to allow in layers because just like an archaeological dig you're you're not going to start just chipping away at things to, to get to the the core the core comes through a process of deep deep love and it's a love for yourself where you're respecting your journey, you're respecting your ability to make your own decisions, you're respecting your fears and, and you're allowing yourself to question, well, where did they come from? Whose was this idea in the beginning? And really to love yourself through that process. So part of what I've been seeing lately is, and what I've read in in some other teachings, is there's really only two ingredients to life. There's love and there's fear. And we can look out into the world and we can see a lot of fear. And we can look out into the world and we can see a lot of love. And we can know and trust that both exist within the same space. But if we want love to lead the way and love to be at the forefront, then it's not about getting rid of the fear. It's about allowing love to surround and hold the fear and to know and trust that there is something beyond ourselves. And it goes by many, many names. And you have to lean into what is the truth of that experience for you? Mm -hmm. But if you took the pressure off of your tiny little human shoulders and you allowed that higher guidance to rise you up and out and to see through the aspects of love and surround the fear, there is unlimited possibilities and potentials, not just for us as individuals, but for us as a collective.
0: beautiful. I'm like just lost in in listening to Lisa for a moment. I'm like, just like feel myself drifting a little bit hypnotic there. One thing that I always, I always say is how come it's so easy for people to fall into fear? Both is invisible, but fear is so easy to bring to life and has such a powerful impact. But faith is harder to find. Like people have to feel like they have to dig for faith. They have to search for that faith and something just came to me as I was listening to Lisa and what I was listening to Lisa was when you were talking about like the archaeological dig and I imagined you know just being in a past life being Egyptian or being in that times of when you were strong powerful maybe you know maybe imagine goddess energy right imagine being a goddess and then you were mummified (laughs) you were wrapped and you were buried and then all of these years later digging up this you know, they find this treasure in the ground. And when they find the treasure in the ground and they dig up the treasure in the ground is, you know, they they have to be very, very careful with it because now it's fragile, right? And so there's so much fear in, in harming the treasure because they want it to be intact and in pieces. So we go from strength to thinking we're strong, that sense of survival mode of just having to be strong. To dig in and deep and finding that essence of, say, our beautiful little self, our goddess, or, you know, our queen-king energy that that was buried, which is a part of who we are and our strength. But now it's fragile. Now it's fragile. And And when we awaken it, it has its own life and its own stories of its own. And it remembers. It starts to remember. And a part of that awakening is remembering that self. And when you're now no longer mummified, we're no longer like numb, right? So once we start to awaken that part of ourselves and it's no longer numb, we give ourselves permission to feel and to feel that pain story or to feel that experience because we've been burying so much of ourselves for so long. And having the faith in that self. So when we speak about, you know, natural fears and, and that natural parts of self, it's sure, it all like it all just ties into our stories and it all begins somewhere, but the value of that treasure. And that's what I was hearing. Like, that's what I was seeing. I was seeing that as you were talking and I could see that whole experience of digging up that treasure. You get what I'm seeing? <laughs> Can I do. You see
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, that treasure is, is within us. And I think we tend to forget that, you know, when we were born into this world, we were pure innocence. We, we came in with everything that we needed for this human journey. And then somewhere along the way, we started become covered up in sand, so to speak. If you want to use that analogy of the archaeological dig, everybody has an opinion of who they think you should be and, and how mm-hmm. you should show up in the world. And they start to frame for you how you should act, how you should behave, what your belief system should be it's dependent on on the society the the culture the the family unit I mean there, there's so many factors in that but regardless of what the experience is it's still going back to the essence of you came in innocent and the fragility of of life really leans into us to say you know it's not an easy journey it's not an easy journey to be human and to navigate this world and we really do have to treat ourselves with the most love and compassion and grace as we are examining who we are and looking at our fear stories and our hurts and our capacity to feel and allowing for the time and the space to hold that. And what I was seeing this morning, actually, in my own meditation was literally taking a doll to represent you and holding that in your arms. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're holding yourself as the purest form of you. And having the courage to then talk to that inner child and allow your feelings to express themselves. But more than your feelings, you're allowing your body to express itself. And when you're feeling that trigger of, you know, something in the vibration feels off to me. There's a tone of voice or there's something that just smells to be off or a taste to be off, right? This is linking back to our innate senses, your first sense, your, your intuition, and leaning into that to start listening so deeply to help bring that back online, Because we've been taught about our our human five senses, but we've forgotten about our divine intuition. So we have to become quiet enough and still enough and loving enough and gentle enough to allow that innocence of the child inside you to feel that it is safe enough to have a voice and express its truth. Because the one thing a lot of us, myself included, forget is that our thoughts can be quite harmful to our inner being. Mm -hmm. And our self-talk has the power to disrupt our program. It has the power to manifest into pain. It has the power to overwhelm the system and in your emotions or to overstimulate your your fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. It has the power to get stuck in the mind and create mental anxieties and keep us stuck in those stories. So reminding yourself of the power of your thoughts and the power of love and the power of, of holding yourself as an infant that needs to be nourished, and it needs to feel touched, and it needs to feel safe and secure in your arms, because we try to get that from the world, but it's not the world's responsibility. This is an inward journey into each and every one of ourselves.
0: Your life is in your hands, right? Your life is in your hands. And I just, that Sunday school time. the whole world is in your Right got the whole world in my hands. We, we, we got the whole world inside of us. We have everything that we need to create and cultivate a beautiful life and to, and to plant seeds to grow beautiful things. And a seed can only become what it was designed to be. And so thinking back to that treasure, and I'm like, that once, once everything is, is lifted and moved into its right environment, it becomes invaluable. And then it's like what is invaluable and what has such value to it and what becomes a treasure, then everybody wants a piece of that treasure. Everybody wants to be around that treasure. And I think that's a part of the magnetic self, right? That magnetic love. When you fall back in love, when you fall in love with your authenticity, you fall, you, you, you fall, into, you fall into love. You fall into light. And of course, we are light worker coaches, and and we work from the we work from the positive, and we work through the layers into love. You have to understand what love really means, and where love comes from. And and when you resurrect that those parts of yourself, and you recognize, you know, everything that I am ingesting becomes it has it's invaluable to me. So it has to be things that are really going to increase my sense of self, my sense of knowing within myself. And I think that's, and you mentioned the word harmony. I feel like this is where that coming into harmony comes in. Right? With that, you know, so bring that into harmony, into more than existing or into jinkies, or into, you know, your own personal journey, harmony. Because we have those, we have that, that frequency, that vibrational tone.
1: We do, right? And when we're examining our our thoughts, our mind talk, the body knows what it listens to that is in harmony with the truth of you. And it also very quickly knows what is not in its harmony. And that often manifests then as, as a pain within the heart. And what happens is we start to constrict our heart. Our hearts become tight. You know, it's squeezed in. And we kind of cut ourselves off then from humanity because when we are trying to self-protect from what we believe from somebody else's stories or we've believed in somebody else's shadows or fears or pain, and we try to hold those into the heart of that child, and we're confused. We're confused as to, well, why is that there? And everything in that instinctual body tries to fix it. I'm going to make them love me. I'm going to change this environment. I'm going to become a people pleaser. I'm going to become a rebel. And, you know, you talk about archetypes, and that's where we see a lot of these different character roles spinning out by trying to adapt something other than your true self in order to not feel the disconnect in the heart from what the eyes are perceiving as that human experience. And we really have to learn to make peace with who we are. And when you get really clear on who you are, your values, your character, your virtues, then you're not so quick to believing sounds, words, emotions that don't resonate with the harmony of who you are. But I do feel that in order to get there, we first, we need to slow down because we're very reactive right now in our world and our world is really loud and it's appearing to be really chaotic. But yet at the same time, there's a lot of beauty in there and there's a lot of softness in there and there's a lot of authenticity in there and a lot of light in there. As much as we have so much you
0: know, hate things that are happening right now. If you can, when you see beyond, we also see an amplified amount of love. And that love is existing in such a way and kindness and compassion is existing in such a way that it, you know, if you can see it in the right light, is that that we have a world that's actually becoming more love and light even though it is also existing in a lot of hate stories, but it also brings us to endings and beginnings and the importance, the absolute importance of why we heal that past and why we relinquish the ball and chain stories to the past that hold us down, right? Because if we are all, if we all so, we all matter, right? And you, you mentioned that when we spoke about the soul, when you, when you were talking about, you know, that essence of, our soul self and just stepping in and so there's a powerful sense of self and so if you were to explain the relationship like if you were to you know give a little insight on that soul relationship and the importance of how our soul is also here through those that soul contract or that journey to relinquish any of those past stories we're here to break chains we're here to make changes to be you know to be the change in ourselves in Lisa's words, how would you explain that?
1: Yeah, you know, there, there was a part of me a couple of years back that just came in with a little bit of a roar and said, I'm here to break chains, right? I'm here to stop this pattern, and it, it ends with me. And I think that's probably true for a lot of your listeners. You know, there's just something inside sure. that's recognizing a repeated pattern, a behavior, a mindset, and going, I don't want to continue this. So part of that is is coming to the awareness of, well, what is it that you don't want to continue? And how can you start to reprogram yourself to intercept that pattern, that belief, that, that mind talk so that you're no longer giving it life within your vessel? And I'm always humbled by looking at the children. I have three daughters who are now adults. And when I stood up to be a chain breaker, that that really meant that I wasn't here to judge my ancestors. I wasn't here to judge my parents. I wasn't here to be in the victim story. I was here to get really honest with myself and clean up my inner harmony, my vibration, my shadow tendencies that did carry some of those patterns and did install them in some of my children. And it's through love that we can have those conversations now and say, you know, that probably wasn't the best way for me to handle that. And I want you to know that I'm sorry for that behavior. I want you to know that I'm here to listen to your side of things, and not just for the children, but also for the parents. So you you come into this place of you're doing the work, the alchemical change within yourself. You're looking at what you perceive to be wrong or just doesn't resonate, and you're not looking to the world to fix those. You're, You're taking the responsibility to make peace within you So that you no longer become interrupted when it shows up in another, but you meet it from the place of love and grace that says, you know, that's the hurt talking. That's the repetitive pattern that didn't know any better at the time. So I'm going to hold that in compassion and I'm going to hold that in love and I'm going to hold it in grace. And I'm going to... Forgive myself for ever having thought that that was my responsibility to carry those things that, as a child, you just didn't know. You were innocent to the behavior. You were innocent to the circumstance. And when you learn to forgive yourself from carrying the weight of those on your shoulders, then you're setting yourself free. But it's not that you forget some of those things that happened in, in the family line, the ancestral line, our cultures. You know, we can take that big and, and look at humanity. We don't forget those things. But we learn to really ask ourselves, you know, from those experiences, from those moments of time, what is the wisdom and the understanding that we want to bring forward? to now plant the seeds for our future selves that are walking into this and the children that are stepping into that as well. And then really looking at our foundation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? The foundation. And you teach that in the more than existing program. It's all about that foundation of yourself.
0: It is that, that sense of dignity and integrity and right and Respect is earned, but dignity is a must. Um, and so th- I just popped in my head when you were just talking was, you know, it's a question we often use in More Than Existence. What is this costing me, right? What is this costing me to stay in the old stories? What is this costing me to continue to believe this? What is this costing me to continue to be caught up in this? And what would it feel like to be free? What would it feel like to, to make peace? And what we're often seeking are the things that we get farthest away because we're chasing it. We're not attracting it. We're not pulling it in. It's that we're so caught up in in the resistance and the and the argumentative energy within that we can't story. And we have to free that energy. And so what is this costing me? And it's costing us often a lot. And when do we continue to pay the price? When do we stop having to have somebody else pay the price. And I love how you said that about, you know, you didn't come into this to be so hard on your parents. We, we come in and we recognize that our parents are very, they're young or they, you know, they only knew what they knew. And they also came in with their traumas and their hurts. And we inherit, we inherit the hurts and the pains of the past. And when does the pain stories, when does the hurts get healed? When do we take the band-aid off and stop masking it. And we face it and we look at it and we be honest with it. And it's when we make the choice to take ownership and responsibility to step in the truth and, and to learn that power of truly adulting and not trying to meet the, the unmet need, but to realize that we have to become that divine parent within ourselves. We have to become that essence of the divine adult energy, the ultimate of benevolence. Benevolence is a word that comes up often, and people say, "Well, what does benevolence mean?" <laughs> and I know Lisa knows what benevolence means because she's a part of the the writings and the creating and and the virtues. And so, when you think of, you know, how would you how would you describe that benevolent and awakening that benevolent being within ourselves?
1: It uh, it took me a long time actually to understand that word, and a part of my journey was. I had to live and experience what benevolent really was. And I had an understanding that it was related to kindness and compassion, but it wasn't until I really dropped into the heart of Lisa and welcomed that inner child and held that child in the divine love and divine compassion and divine grace and understanding that I finally learned what benevolence was. And when you learn to see yourself through the eyes of a benevolent being, it's like holding that newborn child in, in the arms of a mother, a father, a parent, you know, however you're identifying. But you just know that that, that child is... is pure innocence, pure innocence, but yet so fragile. It needs love to survive. It needs love to hold it, to to meet its needs, to nourish it, to feed it. And you put yourself in the place of the one holding the child. You know, so that is you parenting the inner child of of yourself and, and looking down at yourself with the eyes of compassion And understanding and forgiveness and and learning that, you know, we're here to learn. So you're looking at that human journey, the opportunities to grow and evolve. And yes, we've all done things that we're not so proud of, but we're all innocent to the experiences of learning how to have the grace as we're exploring life and we're trying to figure out our emotions and our responsibilities and all these stresses that are placed upon us. We're trying to be perfect in a very imperfect world. But at the same time, we're we're meant to be imperfect because every time we have the benevolence to look at ourselves and our journey, We see that we were learning, and we see the power of our choices, and we see the power of our decisions, and we get the opportunity to really look back and say, well, was that the best choice to make? Now, you're not going to go back and change your past, but you have every opportunity through the eyes of benevolence, holding your inner child, which could be your adult self today that sometimes still acts like a child. I know I I go there some <laughs> I was just going to say, I've yeah. had an experience in my life. Right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, I had one this morning. Yeah, but benevolence will look at that and go, you know, was that the best choice to make? Yeah, you know, probably not. But grace also takes responsibility for what has occurred and then pauses you in that moment to go, well, what was it that you were really seeking? And a lot of times, you're probably going to find that it wasn't anything from that other person that you needed or from the world that you needed, but there was something within yourself that you were neglecting to pay attention to. And when we start to slow down and have deep, deep respect for how Our body talks to us, that inner child talks to us, and we don't react so quickly, but we pause to respond. And we look those pieces of ourselves in the eye and we go, all right, I'm feeling your attitude. Let's have a conversation. Let's get to the root of this. Let's take a look at this behavioral pattern that's been going on, these triggers, (laughs) these trauma responses, and let's let's have a heart-to-heart talk. And it's amazing what comes out of that relationship and the level of, of respect that you build between all aspects of yourself and the amount of self-actualization, self-empowerment, self-realization that comes from all of those conversations. And the most beautiful thing that I've noticed in my own journey is the power of your intuition that comes back online and the deep level of trust you can have in yourself to show up in the way that you know resonates with your inner harmony without needing validation from the world or approval from somebody else or permission from somebody else. You just know it to be your truth and you learn to Root yourself very firmly in that choice and in that decision, and even if it's uncomfortable. As you're holding that child of you, you know that it is everything that you want for your self moving into the future and everything that you're wanting for the generations to come, because it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of strength. It comes from a place of stability and substance. It's not a band-aid, it's not covered under the rug, it's not a false perception, it's not a quick fix, it's deep, long-lasting, nourishing change that comes by really addressing all those tiny little fragments of oneself as you're learning to call all parts of you back into the wholeness of your divine being. And that that takes time. It takes a lot of time to go there, and it's it's such a beautiful, beautiful journey. It's it's so divine. It's so divine. And
0: there's and I you you know and to just feel that light when we communicate from that place and from that energy and like thank you for going there. That was huge to go there. Um and I just got that essence that it's like the grandmother energy. It's like the crone energy. There's an independence to this, but an a, an independence, but a um but a collective knowing that also is there and when you were speaking i just heard that's that benevolence also it's that that falling into that love that's not tied up in emotional expectations or emotional bondages or holding it is just love it doesn't have anything else but a concern and a desire to to nurture and to care and and that is the power of the divine in so many ways. And so when I look at, and I, I think about all the things that we have accomplished over the past years and, mm-hmm. and all the, all the titles we get and all the roles we play and, and breaking those down. And I can tell you that Lisa and I have really truly struggled with, you know, the labels and the identities and, and, you know, and trying to be those things. And when we, when we broke free and we've, you know, we've each individually discovered that that sense of stuff like the two icebergs in the water, right? Like, like that experience that that we that that is so commonly in the analogy of the icebergs in the water, that if the iceberg melts, then it all just becomes water, and we're all of that one. And it's just a knowing that everything is coming still from the one source. And that 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 energy of the grandmother energy and that crone energy, I think that would be benevolence and grace. If I were to give it, you know, a face to grace. I would see it as that ultimate level of, of grandmother who's absolutely the kind that she's not going to let us away with our bullshit,
1: mm-hmm. but, she's,
0: but she shows us the mercy and, or she guides us to show ourselves mercy to be in that place. And I think that's where we come into harmony where we find our way back to ourselves. and So I think that's kind of a little bit of where I think, I feel, in my heart, I feel that if I were to trace this back that that would be almost like that pearl of the gene keys, or the heart of all that more than existing is, and and of the and at the heart of of Lisa, and at the heart of Corey is that at the core, is that sense of just knowing that oneness, and I think that's where all the veils of illusions start to fall down. So if you were to look at you know the veils of illusions in life, you know what is the biggest veil of illusion that has that has really truly collapsed around
1: you mm-hmm. uh, well I used to say that I was different from everybody else and uh, <laughs> that nobody else understood me and I didn't fit in and I had so much talk that kept me in that illusion of separation and when you're in that illusion of separation it's a very painful place to be Because you will self-condemn, you will self-isolate, you'll keep yourself small, you'll keep yourself cut off from resources of love and being able to set yourself free from that. And, and Corey, I have to say thank you for your your second book, My Truth of Existing Beyond the Reflection. Because as I was going through that, I, I came across a phrase that really shifted this inside me. And it pretty much said, we're not that damn special, <laughs> and i I started to to just laugh in that moment, but I also felt my shoulders go, "Oh, right I felt this freeing with it within my body and those illusions of separation and differenceness and and all these things that I was trying to hold on to that they started to shed away. Because I realized that, you know, we're all in this journey together. We all have our own perceptions and stories. We're all walking our our own journeys. But we're also in this tiny little marble called Earth floating in space together. So everything that I was trying to hold onto my two shoulders and trying to fix within myself and others in the world and, and trying to control my circumstances and then not feeling like I was fitting in, I was meddling in stuff that I had no reason being in. And or I was playing in shadow energy that was created by another sphere and therefore was just an illusion anyway. So learning that, you know, you can't separate from source. And and to be honest, because I'm still in my journey. I'm still in my own growth process. And it it was only the other day, a couple of weeks ago, that that Corey shared the teachings of the floating icebergs in in the ocean. That was the first time that I've heard about it. I, I know that it's been shared from other teachers and it goes a long way back, but it was the first time that I really heard it. And maybe it was just my ears had been closed off into that point, but I could I could see it. I could see myself as an iceberg. I, I'm aware in the teachings that I do that, you know, the iceberg above water is our conscious awareness. And I'm aware that the biggest part of that iceberg underneath the waters is our subconscious. And as we learn to really go inside who we are, and allow the subconscious to rise, you know, the emotions that are suppressed to arise, the fear stories to arise, the, the old patterns and behaviors to arise. It's coming up to set ourselves free. And when it sets ourselves free, well, that, that's when that iceberg starts to melt and starts to clean itself. Because that iceberg has a lot of sand particles to it, a lot of irritation to it. So it's also the process of transmuting and changing shape and, and clearing out the closet, so to speak, your energetic closet. But then that whole visual to see the full melting away and releasing of any sense of separation or illusion of having to hold things together and to allow oneself to just fall back into pure source and be held. Oh my goodness, that was such a blessed feeling that it's brought me a lot of peace to keep bringing that to the forefront, feel my mind racing or my body tighter. I can sense my inner waters out of harmony. And I remind myself in that moment, hand it over. Hand it over to that ultimate source that knows how to hold this and transmute it and deal with it. And let yourself fall into the grace. Let yourself fall into that benevolence. And yeah, there's just so many teachings, so much discovery on this, this human journey. But the stories we tell ourselves, my goodness. (laughs) Right?
0: And there's like, imagine, imagine if you just give yourself your permission to be free. Imagine if you give yourself permission to be in love instead of in anger, right? To be happy instead of sad. Give yourself permission. Because every time you get, every time you, you deny yourself that opportunity, you're pulling us away from yourself, further away from yourself, saying, I don't want to be happy. I want to be mad. I want to be angry. But how do we connect to spirit? How do we stay connected? Spirit doesn't come down to us. Like the spirit world don't come down and enter into our world. We have to rise up. And it's that childlike, that innocence, that purity, that pure love that rises us. And, and we let ourselves rise into there. And it's when we're talking about this, I had an experience yesterday where we were in, we were having breakfast. And I don't quote very often, but we were out and I was like so excited. And we were having a brunch and not breakfast, brunch. And I'm like, and this waitress came over and it was like she thought she knew me. And she's done this to me twice. And when she sees me with my husband. And she goes, Oh my God, oh my God, so nice to see you. I haven't forever and then this look comes over her face like she realizes that I'm not really the thought I was or she didn't she thought she didn't recognize me and I said, Oh no, you must know me. Your soul knows me. But she touched my hand and she's an older lady and the moment she touched my hand, I just said to her, I needed that touch today because in the touch before her fear came in or her embarrassment came in or whatever it was there was ultimate level of like joy and love in there. She was so excited to see me. So happy to see me. She, You know, until everything else came online, until that human ego comes online. And I just said, you have no idea what you did for me today. So avoid, avoid the rest out. And I'm so happy you've seen me today. It just fills my heart that you've seen me today. And the fact that you gave me that loving just touch on my hand, I believe that was my grandmother. I believe my grandmother was speaking through you, that I I need to be held that way today. And it's a reminder that I have to hold myself in that same grace and that same love. And so a lot of times during the healing journey, how many times do you find yourself in that position? Speak about holding that doll. How many times do you find yourself in that position still today from even the beginning where you have to hold yourself in that kind of love and to let yourself rise from that place?
1: Oh, many, many. And I remember in our our early years of working together, that was one of the things you taught me my own healing journey was the power of touch. And I I would practice. I would put a hand on on my my arm and I would just touch my skin or I would touch my cheek. And in the beginning, I, I was numb, right? There wasn't a lot of sensation there. But then over time and having that compassion for self and coming home for self, that touch is is quite sensitive now and it brings a lot of joy and a lot of laughter and it, it always reminds me of like when a butterfly falls on your on your skin and it, it has that that essence of the, the tickling but also the awakening and the transformation of, of the self. And there's many, many times in, in my journey where I literally go to sleep at night in a hugging position. And it is to thank my human for everything that it has done in that day, to, to thank her for showing up, to thank her for dealing with things that were difficult, to, to thank her for not succumbing to that, that behavior, that pattern, that repeat, whatever that story is, but touch is one of our basic, basic needs. And I feel like we've been desensitized from a lot of that because we've been trained to fear others, and the the grace of you know meeting strangers who are not really strangers, but they're another aspect and extension of yourself, right? You're looking at another human that is on this world, and we're all in this together. The courage to be the one when you're feeling like you need something to pass another human and to dare to smile at them or to dare to make eye contact and send them thoughts of love and thoughts of empowerment or to have the courage to speak that hello, to be the first to make a move in the direction that your heart is saying, you know what, I wish more people would see me I wish more people would hear me I wish more people would take the time to get to understand me and our hearts hurt for that but when we give ourselves what we need the most by showing up and doing that for others we're opening the door to what it is we want to create We take back the power of being the creators of our reality and not sitting in the mind talk of everything that is going on wrong, but really looking at, well, what is going right? What are you grateful for? What do you want to feed more into existence? And there was times in my own journey where it was, it was hard to look out into the world. And when you're an empath and you feel so deeply, sometimes it's hard to get past your human eyes and your human ears. So I started turning to Mother Earth. And I would listen to the birds. And I would listen to their song. And I would listen to their vibration. And I would notice that no matter the weather, No matter the perceived storm or the cloudy day that I might call gloomy, they were still showing up, and they were still singing, and they were still bringing this lightness and this joy and this vibration. And I would find ways to increase my own vibration, getting out into Mother Earth or putting on some music with high vibrations especially on days where you're really feeling and you need to wrap yourself and you need to hold yourself. But at the same time, you want the vibrations to carry you up above this experience because the birds will teach us how to soar with the turbulence, not get caught up in the drama and the emotions. Whereas if we leave it to our humanness, our minds will spiral out of control. We'll create a fear story. We will feed an emotional story that will rock our human. But we want to rise up, right? We want to rise from that, right? Because we have such our human is so human. It's so imperfect,
0: and I and that nature is such truth. And I just know, you know, when I a year, probably a year and a half ago, when I moved and. And the tree in front of my yard, and how it taught me so much about myself. And I thought it was one kind of tree, and then I'm like so excited because I thought I had a willow tree, and then I thought it was an apple tree, and I'm so excited in each phase that each each stage it went through, from from being barren to leaves coming out to flowers coming out to then these plums coming and recognize it's a plum tree. And then another the other side was a whole different tree, and it ended up being like a three in one tree. And I'm like, how symbolic to us. Right. And how much, how we are so much more than we believe and how our stories own us so deeply. And yeah. And I'm like, when you're speaking, I just hear that passion in your voice. And, and Lisa is so passionate about what she's learned about herself and about sharing. But she is this, she is poetry emotion. That was what I kept like as we were recording this earlier (laughs) and it didn't record as we thought we were recording this earlier. It was poetry in motion, and it's that fluidity that comes and allowing and just opening up and just saying, I, I give myself permission to speak from this place. I give myself permission to speak from my, from my truth, and my truth will evolve and grow as I evolve and grow. And my truth will change and my story will evolve. And what was once the story that held me will now only be a reference point, like like a check-in, a opening up a filing cabinets. Like, I would say we have this filing cabinet of life. And I remember watching that in a Jim, a Jim Carrey movie of <laughs> where he wanted to be God, right? Where you want to be God, okay, here. And there's this filing cabinet and everybody's life were in there. And I'm like, that's true. That's our life, right? And we store this filing cabinet. And when our story cannot have the power, so when our past doesn't have that power and it can't have that, that, it's not the thing that motivates us. We're not doing things and creating lives or trying to create identities from, let me show you, I'm going to prove to you. But from awakening and sitting with that divine within us and discovering the divine purpose is to simply just be alive and to more than just exist to be more than our stories, to be more than our past, to be more than all that once was. So as we're coming down to the end, what are some parting words that you could give to the audience, something that you can share that may inspire others to really, truly step into that sense of knowing that we are here to more than just exist?
1: I I want to encourage your listeners to take their time. It's not a rush to dive into trying to figure out yourself or to approach anything with a sense of, I'm broken, but really slowing down to the place where you're just willing to get to know who you are and you're building the relationship from the you of today And Corey teaches in her more than existing program, get clear on your whys. Why does that matter to me? What are your dreams? What are your ambitions? And why do you have them? And making sure that your choices and your decisions are your choices and decisions. It's not based on what you believe you should be or someone else's version of you or what society may want from you or culture or religion or or any of those things. But really getting to your heart to say, is this truly what I want? And if you were to pick three things to plant the seeds of your tomorrow, to grow for yourself and for the generations to come, what three themes matter the most to you? And start there. Start nurturing just those three themes in your mind talk, in your body talk, in your authentic voice. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we say or what we learn. It matters how we show up. So it's walking the talk and walking the action steps towards what it is of those three themes that you are wanting to harvest, not just in your own life, but as gifts for the world, for humanity. That's a precious tool right there. Key is just show up. We're okay where we are.
0: We have to work on the layers, not the, you know, you have to become the person you need to be to get to the areas you need to go. And, You can't open the door to your divine destiny if you are somebody else you need to be you and not somebody else and the universe and the world is waiting for that version of us to come to life and that's where authenticity is thank you so much lisa for this second recording for being here with me and for taking this journey um i so appreciate it if you want to know more about lisa go to loving energy recharge check out lisa's work check out all that she has to offer and also go to more of an existing Academy of Higher Consciousness, where we have a lot of collection of information that Lisa and I teach in there. And we also have a big offer. So part of our shameless promotion today is um, is our subscriptions, right? And so in those subscriptions, and Lisa, you can jump in here, in those subscriptions, we have many courses that are being offered at a, such a great price that we do because we just want people to to get those teachings and to be a part of it. and Lisa put all the packages together. She created all the, she's the architect builder behind everything you see there. And so what are they getting, Lisa?
1: Oh, you know, this is such a fantastic opportunity because Corey has opened up her heart to allow for some of her top selling courses to be offered as a monthly subscription. And they are broken down into four categories depending on what you feel